Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. On Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. On True Social, Success Alchemist. And on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 8th of April, 2023. And the title of today's show is... Trump arrested, Robert Kennedy Jr. running for president, end of the New World Order, question mark, Pandora's box is open. So another interesting week in the, in the life of the world, as, as I say, um, not just the USA, but, um, you know, everywhere. So, of course, the big thing in the news is about Trump's arrest, which was you know, expected after he was indicted, which I covered last week. And there's been a huge backlash about this case, this uh, trumped-up charge. And in fact, the uh, DA, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, is even potentially going to be in trouble for politicisation of the law, basically. So I'm just going to cover a quick um, article on this because you've probably followed a lot of this already in the news. Um, Curious omission noted in indictment of Donald Trump. What kind of a clown joker wrote this thing? And this was Western Journal reporting. As every armchair legal scholar following the saga of the indictment of former President Donald Trump has come to understand... The charge of falsifying business records in New York State is a misdemeanor that rises to the level of a felony when done to conceal a crime. That led many observers who saw a 34-count indictment against Trump that never hinted at that other crime to respond along the lines of the famous 1984 Wendy's commercial used to help sink Democrat Gary Hart's presidential chances Where's the beef? Commentator Dan Bongino went on Fox News to ponder the question. What kind of a clown joker wrote this thing? And it's got a tweet from Jesse Waters, actually. One percent of me, and and this, I think, is the quote from Dan Bongino. One percent of me thought Alvin Bragg couldn't be this dumb, but I read the indictment and it was even worse than we thought. They made this whole thing up. If you blacked out Trump's name, any legal professional would read it and say, what kind of a clown joker wrote this thing? Many on Twitter also noted as a curious omission the lack of any particular law that was violated. Robert Barnes tweeted, the indictment is legally insufficient on its face. New York state law does not make it a crime to influence an election. Federal law does not make it a crime either. 
maybe that's why no law is actually cited in the indictment, nor are the facts sufficient. And Technofog tweeted, There's a curious omission in the Donald Trump indictment and statement of facts. The specific federal law Trump violated. Greg Price tweeted, All 34 charges in the Trump indictment are falsifying business records to conceal another crime. To conceal another crime is how Alvin Bragg was able to elevate it to a felony. But nowhere in the indictment does it say what that second crime was. And a second tweet, What exactly could be the second crime they tried to conceal by Cohen paying hush money with his own funds to a porn star who now owes Trump thousands of dollars because of losing lawsuits against him? If it's campaign finance, remember that the FEC refused to go after Trump for it. J.D. Rucker tweeted, Alvin Bragg is a national embarrassment. This is ludicrous prima facie. ALX tweets, John Bolton on Alvin Bragg's indictment. This is even weaker than I feared it would be. And I think it's easily subject to being dismissed or a quick acquittal for Trump. Another tweet replying to Technofog. Barr said on Fox News, there's nothing here. Jarrett says same thing. Where's the crime? It's a copy and paste 34 times. This is a bad joke and they want to start trial January 2024 in the middle of campaign season. Bragg needs replaced. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg did not explain the indictment. I'm not going to go into our deliberative process on what was brought. The charges that were brought were the ones that were brought. The evidence and the law is the basis for those decisions, Bragg told reporters Tuesday. The indictment doesn't specify because the law does not so require, he said. And the post-millennial tweeted, D.A. Alvin Bragg on Trump's arraignment. The indictment doesn't specify because the law does not so require. And Joe Wallin replied, made up crimes. Maria Lowndes-Severly tweets, Bragg was just asked during press questions what the specific law is and claimed he doesn't have to cite a law. And that was in response to Technofog as well. And Murray on Twitter replies, great catch. It's hard to include a violation of the law when there isn't one. Investigating Bragg in an opinion piece for Fox News, legal scholar Jonathan Turley noted that the New York prosecutor insisted that he will convict Trump of the crime to promote a political candidacy through unlawful means. He insists that he will prove attempts to violate state and federal election laws. The indictment seems to address the lack of legal precedent with a lack of specificity on the underlying secondary felony, Turley wrote. Bragg has done nothing more than replicated the same flawed theory dozens of times, he said. This is where math and legal meet. If you multiply any number by zero, it is still zero. But there's something even more curious about this. And this is reported by uh, Tor Says. President Trump's indictment and jury was AI-generated. AI experts like Elon Musk have been advocating for more control and caution in the development of AI technology to prevent rapid expansion and weaponization. 
AI has the potential to replace humans in hard labor and even white-collar positions. AI is already a significant part of our present and will continue to shape our future. It is involved in various aspects of our lives, including being our jury, judge, lawyer, cop, doctor, and even God. It's ironic that AI, like God, is depicted in clouds. April 4th, 2023 is a historic day for many reasons. April 4th, 2023 was the first time social media platforms preemptively censored media and persons they identified as President Trump's supporters, employees and or pundits supporting him. I can elaborate on many such reactive examples, but I had never seen proactive censorship before and RSBN was the first. And that's right side broadcasting network, by the way. April 4th, 2023 was also the first time a former president of the United States was indicted for allegedly committing crimes before taking office. I can elaborate on almost all senators, congresspersons, former presidents and vice presidents and even the current alleged president and crimes committed before, during and after office committed in the past and even until today. But this isn't the focus of the story. April 4th, 2023 was the first time an AI prosecutor indicted someone. Moreover, April 4th, 2023 is going down in history because not only did the first AI prosecutor prosecute a human, but it was also the first time that a former president of the United States was indicted too, and it happened by AI. I'm going to skip to the key part about this related to the um, the indictment. There is software that was created to detect AI-generated content. You can access it through a website called GPT-0. On the GPT-0 website, you can either upload the document or copy and paste it into the provided box. The tool will then analyze the text and compare it against patterns and styles typically found in AI-generated content. If the document is flagged as being generated by AI, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's inaccurate or plagiarized, but it does give you cause to review it more closely. By using a tool like GPT-0, you can ensure that the content you're receiving is authentic and not generated by an AI program. This is a huge problem that involves ethics, honesty, and raises questions of the legality of documents or text created using such a program as ChatGPT. Forbes asked the same question and even reported that GPT-0 is the most leading software to detect AI generation of texts. And there's a quote here that said, Powers does believe a program that detects AI written work will be useful. GPT-0 is so far the most well-known service that can identify chat GPT-generated text. Alvin Bragg's office used a custom version of Compass to find something according to sources. Of course, using AI in investigations and sentencing could potentially help save time and money, but who cares about that when we can have some good old-fashioned racial vendetta and gender biases? A report on Compass from ProPublica ascribed that black defendants in Broward County, Florida, 
were far more likely than white defendants to be incorrectly judged to be at a higher rate of recidivism. Recent work by Joanna Bryson, Professor of Computer Science at the University of Bath, highlights that even the most sophisticated AIs can inherit the racial and gender biases of those who create them. Obviously, confirmation biases and old-school vendettas can fuel, amplify the guilty until proven innocent approach. Uh, She also talks about how she interviewed Roger Stone and told him that the courts in D.C. use AI-driven software with predictive analytic algorithms to help prosecutors select a jury pool that is most likely to provide the verdict they seek. Hmm. Um, In summary, in this case, and they're talking about Trump's case again, the prosecutor was essentially an AI as Bragg's team fed millions of documents that President Donald J. Trump furnished over years of harassment and the AI selected the general pool of jurors that would most likely return an indictment. The odds are ever in the prosecutor's favour. The question is whether the judge reviewed the document and executed their duty under New York state law to review the evidence, as he is required to do so. There is no regulation in the use of such technology and has not been challenged or addressed in the courts. Is this legal? Using an AI detector software, I submitted the indictment allegedly written by Alvin Bragg and his team, and the software claims that AI wrote it. I use software that is publicly available that all can use to fact-check my claims. The drama surrounding President Donald J. Trump's persecution is a real eye-opener that should make every person on this planet tremble with fear. With AI, there's no such thing as ethics, culture or flexibility in decision-making unless it serves the program's main objective. We all know the last thing in the world needs is more AI tools that spread misinformation, bias responses and compromise consumer privacy, as if we don't have enough of those already, right? So that's the general gist. Interesting to think that AI can be used to you know, generate an indictment like that. But um, not really surprising, given that apparently it can also pass a bar exam. So... You know, there's no limit really, but again, even ChatGPT does a does put a disclaimer on the website saying that you know there may be inaccuracies in the information presented. So it'd be interesting to see this play out, but um, actually, it seems to have opened a Pandora's box, and I'm actually going to jump to that right now. And this is a report from Forbidden Knowledge TV. And it says, the Dems have opened up Pandora's box. The gloves are off now and we can see what life will be like under continued one-party Democrat rule, one where local DAs and the federal DOJ are weaponized against conservatives. To put it plainly, they want total authoritarian power over us all. If President Trump can be charged for falsifying business records and hiding relevant information from voters in the 2016 election, then 51 people from the Intel community who signed a letter stating the Hunter Biden laptop is fake can be charged for hiding relevant information from voters in the 2020 election. Or how about everyone else who suppressed and lied about the Hunter laptop story? 
which withheld information from voters in the 2020 election? Or what about charging Hillary Clinton, who paid for the fake steel dossier with her campaign funds that the deep state and MSM used to create the Russia collusion witch hunt? What about Bill Clinton, who paid several women he had sex with to keep quiet? Well, how about this story that is getting insta-memory hold about how $21 million was funneled into Barack Obama's 2012 re-election campaign from a Malaysian financier fronting for the CCP through straw donors in the US because foreigners are not allowed to contribute to US campaigns? Or how about the investigations coming out of James O'Keefe's new venture, OMG, I love the acronym because it, it could be, oh my God, but it's actually O'Keefe Media Group, that have uncovered hundreds of thousands of dollars of donations to the Democrats being laundered through people's names and addresses. James O'Keefe had discovered a slew of cases in Maryland and now a new team of citizens in Southern California, empowered by OMG, have discovered many more. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And if Donald Trump broke the law, why didn't they mention what law he broke in the indictment? Will anybody ever be brought to justice by our corrupt one-party legal system? And speaking of the indictment, former CIA contractor Tor Maras says that April 4th, 2023 is going down in history because not only was a former president of the United States indicted, but it was the first time that an AI prosecutor indicted a human. And of course, I've just covered all of that. So I'm going to jump over that part of the article. People need to understand that the great divide in America is not between Republicans and Democrats per se. It is between a ruling elite that controls both the Democrat and the Republican parties against anyone who threatens their rush to a technocratic one-world government and a programmable central bank digital currency. Think about it. The people who are $98 trillion in debt, a.k.a. the deep state, want to give you a social credit score? The Biden regime, in conjunction with the intelligence services, the national security apparatus and their allies in the fake news media, are determined to cancel the Constitution and to ensure that they never relinquish their power through a fair, honest, transparent election ever again. Donald Trump poses an existential threat to them, especially now that he's learned that the only way to save this country is by dismantling the entire apparatus of the deep state. And a major way that they have managed to stay in power is through control of the dinosaur gaslighting fake news media and by censoring and deplatforming all of the non-brainwashed people off of social media. Last Friday, Elon Musk released the source code for Twitter's recommendation algorithm, posting it on GitHub. Soon afterwards, web developer Stephen Tay announced that he had examined the code and found a mechanism that permits the US government to intervene with this code. Tay tweeted, when needed, the government can intervene with the Twitter algorithm. In fact, Twitter engineering even has a class for it, government requested, and Tay linked to those specific lines of code on GitHub. Tay's discovery of this government requested intervention option follows similar revelations from the Twitter files, 
which showed how the company took orders from the FBI, DHS, the State Department, as well as local state authorities to censor and to deplatform users, and how it used information portals to update Twitter frequently with instructions on which accounts to block. Dr. Shiva joined Steve Bannon yesterday to explain that it's actually way worse than this. He says it's not a matter of a few lines of code in Twitter's algorithm. It's the unholy alliance between Silicon Valley and Congress that resulted in the creation of CISA, C-I-S-A, which stands for Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which resulted in the creation of this backdoor partner support portal which allowed VIP access into Twitter, and he says allowed them to deplatform a U.S. Senate candidate, namely himself, and which he says his lawsuit was the first to uncover. Dr. Shiva says he discovered a playbook created by Harvard University's Belfast School, which was step-by-step manual on how to silence U.S. citizens if they went against the government. This manual was revealed in court, which in turn revealed that this was not just a portal, but, quote, an ecosystem of government and non-government officials, a rotating door of people that had gotten together at Harvard Belfast School with my defendants, which included Twitter, which included the government of Massachusetts, and a whole array of people to create a silencing infrastructure, which today the grifters are calling the censorship industrial complex. Dr. Shiva says he was also the first to expose the Stanford University Internet Observatory's Long Fuse report, which details not only Twitter's partner support portal, not only the government and non-government actors, but it also details the fact that the Intercept founder, Pierre Omidyar, the Murdochs and other billionaires had contributed to create the non-governmental NGO called CIS, the Centre for Internet Security, which served as the laundering mechanism so government would send their request to silence someone to this NGO and then the NGO would tell Twitter, Facebook, etc. Dr. Shiva created a diagram to illustrate how it all works. That must have been shown on the interview but it's not inside the article. Dr. Shiva describes the revelations of the Twitter files as a limited hangout for damage control. He says it's been basically a plagiarism of his lawsuit, but only a small fraction of it. He says Musk is not there to fix the crime scene. He's part of the crime scene. And he says that Mike Taby and the other journalists publishing the Twitter files are Musk's lapdogs, feigning transparency. He told Steve Bannon yesterday, Musk is really the devil here and conservatives are being sheepled back into thinking that he's solving free speech. In fact, what he's done is created an environment where it's essentially the death of free speech 2.0. Pandora's box is coming in hot. Two GOP senators who have been investigating alleged Biden family corruption for years have stepped up their efforts. Republican Senators Chuck Grassley of Iowa and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin have sent a letter to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg noting that in October 2020, quote, when the New York Post published articles based on evidence from Hunter Biden's laptop, 
many news and social media organisations inappropriately rushed to censor and discredit the initial reporting and falsely labelled it as disinformation. Whistleblowers have also alleged to Senator Johnson that local FBI leadership instructed its employees not to look at the Hunter Biden laptop immediately after the FBI had obtained it. The senators noted further, going on to say that Americans, quote, deserve to know whether the FBI used Facebook as part of their alleged plan to discredit information about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's problems continue to get worse. Eric Schwerin, a key business associate of Hunter Biden, has been cooperating with House Republicans as they continue to investigate deals involving him and his father, President Joe Biden, regarding business deals with members of the Biden family and foreign entities. Eric Schwerin is not only an associate of Hunter Biden, but he also had dealings with Joe Biden's business and tax affairs, and he is cooperating with the key House committee's investigation. According to emails found on a laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, which was turned over to the FBI in 2019, Schwerin, a business executive at Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca investment firm, had a close relationship with both Hunter and Joe Biden during the majority of the elder Biden's tenure as vice president, and his son was involved in international business deals, the outlet noted. One such instance involves Schwerin's involvement in reviewing and facilitating Hunter Biden's business transactions with the Chinese energy company, CEFC. This relationship has raised questions about whether the Biden family has been compromised by communist China, as the emails indicate that they received an expensive diamond and a multi-million dollar no-interest forgivable loan. House Oversight and Accountability Committee recently received information that Hunter Biden and his uncle James Biden, who is the brother of the president, are not planning to disclose all the information that they have requested regarding the Biden family's foreign business transactions, which earned millions of dollars from China to Ukraine. As a result, Comer has announced that his committee will not delay any further and will begin issuing subpoenas right away. Just the News noted, saying, We all know that this family was involved in influence peddling, and this administration is doing everything in its ability to try to block oversight. Although Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have refuted any wrongdoing by the Biden family, Hunter Biden is being investigated by federal authorities for tax-related matters. Another report this week exposed that Hunter Biden business associate John Robinson Rob Walker appears to have visited the White House at least 16 times when Joe Biden was vice president. House Oversight Committee Republicans subpoenaed Bank of America and obtained records which revealed that members of the Biden family received more than a million dollars in payments from accounts related to Walker and their Chinese business ventures in 2017. James Comer says that at least three family members received lucrative payments from a bank account belonging to Walker, who worked with Hunter, President Biden's brother Jim, their business associate James Gilliard and Tony Bobolinsky in a failed joint venture called Sino-Hawk Holdings.
which was meant to be a partnership with now bankrupt energy firm CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party linked company. The article does then go on to mention some other things. I'm not going to cover that, but basically just wanted to highlight that it's another case of um, Trump with the White Hats creating precedents which allows the indictment of, you know, previous presidents in cases where they've obviously broken the law. So we're talking Clinton, Obama, um, we're even talking the Bush family, for example, you know, with their weapons of mass destruction lies and crimes against humanity. So I think this is really building. Um, Trump is obviously not bothered at all about this indictment. Um, It's serving its purpose in terms of the rolling out of the plan. Now, one of the big surprises this week was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. announcing a 2024 presidential bid. Um, This was reported by the Epoch Times. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., best known for his positions on environmental law and vaccine safety, filed the paperwork to run in the 2024 race for President of the United States on April 5th. He filed as a Democrat, according to a Federal Election Commission filing. America is enduring an apocalyptic tribal polarization, more toxic and dangerous than any time since the Civil War, Kennedy told the Epoch Times exclusively following the filing of the paperwork. And while Democrats battle Republicans, elites are strip mining our middle class, poisoning our children and commoditizing our landscapes. I will focus my campaign not on the issues that divide us, but the values we have in common. Kennedy is the second candidate to declare a run for the Democratic nomination, joining Marianne Williamson. Kennedy's father, the late Senator Robert Kennedy, Democrat New York, was assassinated when running for the presidency in 1968. His uncle, President John F. Kennedy, was assassinated in Texas in 1963. Kennedy signalled earlier in March that he planned to run. If it looks like I can raise the money and mobilise enough people to win, I'll jump in the race, Kennedy wrote in a Twitter post dated March 10th. If I run, my top priority will be to end the corrupt merger between state and corporate power that has ruined our economies, shattered the middle class, polluted our landscapes and waters, poisoned our children and robbed us of our values and freedoms. Together we can restore America's democracy. Currently, Kennedy has a campaign page soliciting donations from like-minded U.S. citizens. He's running on a message of freedom first and has positioned himself against what he calls the elites. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has spent his life fighting for American democracy and the liberties guaranteed by the Constitution. His campaign page reads, He has battled against corporate greed and government corruption to protect our children, our health, our livelihoods, our environment and above all our freedom. With integrity, courage and self-sacrifice, he has led Americans in an ennobling fight to restore our country as the exemplary nation and to end the toxic polarization that divides us and enriches the elites. Vaccine safety concerns. 
though a registered Democrat, Kennedy is known to oppose many policies of the current administration, particularly those related to COVID-19. He founded Children's Health Defense, a health non-profit dedicated to solving, quote, chronic health conditions caused by environmental exposures, end quote, and has been vocal about the harms associated with the COVID-19 vaccines. In an interview with Epoch TV's American Thought Leaders program in March, Kennedy cited a 2000 study done by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in which it studied the relationship between vaccines and a 70 to 80 percent decline in mortality from infectious diseases between 1900 and the present. The CDC study found that the vaccines had almost nothing to do with it, he said, adding that the cause of the decline should be mostly attributed to engineers who brought about advancements including greater sanitation, better transportation of nutritious foods, chlorination of water and better sewage treatment. That doesn't mean that vaccines did not reduce the occurrence of infectious disease. A measles vaccine can stop you from getting measles, at least when you're a child. But it isn't making you healthier and it isn't making you more likely to live a long and healthy life, he said. There's a lot of evidence that vaccines are not likely to give you an extended life. In fact, they are likely to shorten your life and make it less enriching and make you a less effective human being. The article then goes on to talk about Kennedy's position on other things, uh, Big Pharma and the phenomenon of agency capture in which regulatory agencies become captured by the industries that they're supposed to regulate. And he said it's especially prevalent in the pharmaceutical industry and that the target is very much um, into childhood vaccines because that just fills the pockets of the big pharma companies with billions of dollars. He then turns to the CIA. According to Kennedy, the Central Intelligence Agency has become a government within our government and a tumour on the American system. And he proposed to fix the agency by implementing a separate oversight body over it. He alleges that the intelligence agency has used mind control techniques such as sensory deprivation, torture techniques, fear and propaganda and authoritarian messages to influence people around the world. The CIA, of course, has for decades perfected these techniques for mind control. This isn't paranoia, by the way, Kennedy told Epoch Times during the interview. Their program was called MKUltra in the original one, MK Naomi, MK Dietrich in the other ones. MK stands for mind control. That was the code for mind control. They were devising ways to control individuals and get people to become unwitting assassins, what they call Manchurian candidates. The CIA was led in a wrong direction, he said, when former director of the agency, Alan Dulles, manipulated it to give power to the plans division in the agency. He said the agency was then able to conduct operations in nations around the world, such as assassinating leaders and manipulating elections. Kennedy alleged that the CIA was involved in coup d'etat or attempted coup d'etats between 1947 and 1997 against a third of the nations on earth. And we mustn't forget, this is me, um, you know, the Ukrainian colour revolution where they got rid of uh, 
the elected president and replaced him with one of the deep state puppets. Most of them were democracies, Kennedy said. During that period of MKUltra, 1953 to 1973, they were paying social scientists to devise ways of social control, and some of those were on individuals. They were using psychedelic drugs like LSD. They were using sensory deprivation, torture techniques, fear and propaganda, authoritarian messages, and experimenting with all these things to figure out what worked. The CIA has implemented these social control measures in America for many years, surreptitiously, he added. Fast forward to the modern day, he said on this note that the agency participated in Event 201, a simulation of a global pandemic sponsored by Bill Gates, the World Economic Forum and the Chinese CDC in late 2019. Kennedy alleged that the agency aided in discussions about using the coronavirus pandemic as a pretext for clamping down with totalitarian controls. My father was going to fix the CIA. When he was running, his intention was to return the CIA to what it was supposed to be, which is an espionage agency, which means gathering information and doing analysis and providing that information to the executive, Kennedy said. And then he goes on to talk about electoral reform. In his interview with American thought leaders, Kennedy said that America is no longer a democracy and that its elections are controlled by wealthy donors. It's more of an oligarchy or a plutocracy that only is responding to the needs of the rich and to the needs of corporations who are paying the lobbying election costs of the politicians, who then become their indentured servants on Capitol Hill, Kennedy said. If the money isn't taken out of elections, Kennedy said, America is a corporation. He called for removing funding by wealthy corporations and individual donors from the electoral process. So um, I think, you know, I had a thought when I saw this and I wondered, considering how he and Trump have always got on so well, especially related to vaccines, I did wonder if this was part of the plan to control both sides of the aisle, because a lot of what he's talking about is very complementary to what Trump is saying is going to be his uh, policies when he gets reelected. So I do think that this is there's more to this than meets the eye, as usual, is my opinion. Meanwhile, Biden's ratings are in the toilet. <laughs> there was a a poll done showing only 32% want Biden to run again. So uh, he hasn't announced that, of course, but uh, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell, I don't think, unless, of course, we end up with the same uh, election fraud that we did in 2020. So I'm going to move on now to Benjamin Fulford's weekly report. And... He puts that out on a Monday, so this was published April the 3rd. And I do like it because he's kind of looking at it from an international perspective, like a helicopter view of, you know, all the different things that are happening across the world in, on, in like concert with each other, really. And the title of this week's report is New World Order Ends 500-Year Plan to Conquer the Planet. 
On March 30th, the Vatican renounced the Doctrine of Discovery. It was a once-in-500-year news event that went almost completely unreported in either the corporate or alternative media. This doctrine, first put forth by popes in 1452, allowed Christians to murder, enslave and steal the land of non-Christians around the world. It led to over 500 years of relentless wars of conquest and pillage by the West against the rest of the world. That is why Spanish conquistadors would pull out a Bible, ask Aztecs and Incas to obey its teachings, and then start slaughtering them when they refused. It is what Americans use to justify the genocide of First Nations. More recently, it was used by George Bush Jr. to justify a massive invasion of the Middle East. Now the Roman Empire is saying, we are sorry we tried to subjugate the entire planet to the obedience of a Caesar, Pope Francis says. Never again can the Christian community allow itself to be infected by the idea that one culture is superior to others or that it is legitimate to employ ways of coercing others. There's also talk again of replacing Francis with an African Pope. This may be the real reason talks have again emerged about him resigning for health reasons, Vatican Watchers note. The health episode involving Pope Francis appears increasingly indecipherable. The given versions are not only different, they are also in contradiction with each other. In any case, during the same week the Vatican was making its moves, the head of the Committee of 300 sent a message to Asian secret societies asking to negotiate a polycentric new arrangement for the planet. Asian secret societies replied as follows. We seek to realise world peace. We have been deceived many times by the beautiful words of the West, but we are looking forward to the creation of a world, new world, federation. These moves by the two main Western power centres, the Vatican and the British Commonwealth, are being made because the Shanghai Co Cooperation Organization and the BRICS now control about 80% of the world's population and GDP. Even France, Italy, Spain, Hungary, Germany, Netherlands, Slovakia, Poland and the UK are already breaking with the Khazarian Mafia and trading with Russia. This means the KM's rule-based world order is now limited to a few puppet leaders like the fake Joe Biden who are about to go to jail. There is also an outright revolution brewing in the United States, France, Israel, Germany and the few other KM holdouts. Another big factor in the West suing for peace is military defeat. CIA sources say once Putin finishes off Ukraine, NATO will collapse. We already know this. It is crumbling now. MI6 agrees, saying the crux of the matter is money laundering using the arms trade in some kind of fake war to siphon off to pay for bankruptcy. As far as we are concerned, the war in Ukraine is over and all that is left is the mop-up. Russian Security Council Secretary Nikolai Petrushev adds the collapse of the European Union is not far off. Russia has now taken over the presidency of the UN Security Council and says it will enforce international law and procedure rules developed over decades are actually in effect in the UN instead of the rule-based order which the collective West seeks to replace international law with. 
They are also telling the world attempts to use religious, ethnical or social factors to explain dramatically deteriorating security after the arrival of Western military forces are a manipulation that colonial powers have been using for decades. All this is part of a newly announced Russian foreign policy strategy to eliminate vestiges of the dominance of the United States and other unfriendly countries in world politics. The diplomatic offensive started because of the Russian victory in the Ukraine war. As TASS notes, Russia's flag has been hoisted over Artyomovsk, called Bakhmut in, a, in Ukraine, City Hall. Yevgeny Prigotsin, the founder of the Wagner private military company, said on Monday, Every day, 6,000 to 10,000 Russian people are enlisting in what they now think of as a holy war to liberate Europe from satanic control. By contrast, the Ukrainian tanks are using mosques as cover, while other Ukrainian thugs seize churches. Militarily, there is nothing to stop Russia from sweeping into Western Europe at this point. That is because the US and UK armed forces are not going to fight Russia to save the KM fascist EU and their puppet governments. However, all the Russians need to do now is wait for the revolution to sweep Europe. This is definitely starting in France, where a second revolution is well underway. The prominent journalist Thierry Maysan, the first to report 9-11 was an inside job, speaks for most French people when he writes, Everyone notices that nothing is going right. The level of education has very dangerously collapsed. The police can no longer maintain order. The justice system does not have the means to do anything before two years. The army is unable to respond to high-intensity warfare. The problems are so numerous that one does not know where to start. Public services should not be patched up but redesigned according to new realities. The French, who in 1789 took the initiative to overthrow the old regime and create a modern society, hope to take another initiative to create a new world. The protests all over France are now far from peaceful. More than a thousand law enforcement officers and firefighters have been injured in demonstrations and riots across France, Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin told local media on Sunday. In another expression of revolution, an allegedly anonymous French police officer offers some strategic tips for overthrowing the government. Number one, block the outskirts of every major city using truck drivers. Two, let in only farmers with their tractors, which may be useful against heavy vehicles of the police. Three, use rubbish trucks to block any police station and surrounding streets. Other protesters have acted by shutting down companies like the Total Energy Company. French and German prosecutors did their part by raiding five Rothschild-controlled banks on Tuesday as part of an investigation into suspected cases of massive tax fraud and money laundering, prosecutors said. Presumably, the raids are connected to claims by French billionaire Philippe Aguillier. He has four databases that will expose 38 individuals who run the shadow government. Bill Gates is one of those 38 individuals. This is no longer about pensions being stolen either. French protesters want the guillotine for Rothschild puppet President Emmanuel Macron. 
No wonder Macron is trying to flee to China this week, along with EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. Maybe would-be Israeli god-king Benjamin Netanyahu will also go to China and ask for political asylum. Netanyahu is fooling nobody by trying to say there is no connection between his ongoing corruption trial and his government's far-reaching legal reforms. As Israel's Channel 13 TV reports, refusal to serve in the Israeli army is expanding and for the first time it is joined by Shayatet 13 soldiers, more or less like Navy SEALs, who have announced that they will not continue serving in the reserve if judicial reforms are implemented. The KM headquarters in Switzerland, headed by Klaus Schwab, Rothschild, etc., is also under attack. Polish intelligence reports, CIA documents show that Schwab's Escher Weiss company was run by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Department of State. This would suggest that Klaus Schwab was a triple agent working simultaneously for the CIA, MI6, United Nations British American Pilgrim Society, the Nazis, now Germany, and Switzerland. His Escher Weiss company used slave labor, Russians, Gypsies, Hungarians, Romanians, Poles, and prisoners of war. Also, NSA reports that in Switzerland, UBS is now refusing to pay on bonds and seized all Saudi Arabia and other OPEC nation assets after taking over Credit Suisse. The merger has caused a public outcry and is opposed by three quarters of Swiss citizens. Now Swiss prosecutors are joining their French and German counterparts in going after the Rothschild puppet masters behind all this. In any case, the various powerful people who had their money stolen by the Swiss bankers are not going to accept what has been done. Watch as OPEC cuts off the West and Biden orders US oil wells shut down and more refineries to be blown up, the NSA source predicts. In the US, meanwhile, four of the wealthiest men there, including Google co-founder Sergey Brin, have been hit with subpoenas into J.P. Morgan's ties to pedophile financier Jeffrey Epstein. This is just part of the massive legal storm brewing there. As is being widely reported, Donald Trump has become the first ever former president to face criminal charges. And he refers to an article at politico.com and says, look at the photo at the top of the article. And there's a screenshot below that saying CNN reports Trump is facing 34 counts of falsifying business records. This is not the real Trump. He is too thin. This is a double lookalike. So it seems there are three Trumps. The video done by the Kyle Cheney of Politico has the heavy-set white eyes Trump in it. Very interesting, a CIA source comments. The attack on Trump is backfiring big time on the demon rats as 83% of Americans think Trump's indictment is politically motivated. Now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has thrown down the military gauntlet by saying Florida will not assist in an extradition request for Trump. This was the White Hat Alliance plan. It is a brilliant 5D chess move. This opens the door to go after Avatar Obama, Avatar Bush and the whole lot of KM minions. 
the CIA source says. This means that even if actors are being used to play President Biden, etc., they can still be brought down. Also, ask yourself, why does Reuters have to write U.S. President Joe Biden's administration instead of just President Biden? Oh, that's right, because the fake Mars Biden isn't president. Now look at how the fake Mars Biden's judicial nominees can't even answer Senator John Kennedy's basic questions, including a nominee who was unable to explain Article 5 of the Constitution. It's actually pathetic how stupid these judges really are. It's all a stage full of actors. The photo of the Biden body double writing with the opposite hand from the other Biden is just the latest confirmation of this. Biden is not even the best paid actor. Officially, Tom Cruise was 2022's highest paid actor. He made $100 million dollars. However, actually, Vladimir Zelensky was the highest paid actor. He got $18 billion. And that was from a tweet from Based Satori. We won't even bother getting into the later stage mass shootings because they have used that trick so often people have stopped reacting. As a Mossad source notes, the crazier shit gets, the closer we get to the finish line. In any case, such antics are like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic because the entire financial system is going down. I will tell you that a collapse is coming that will change everything, TV commentator Glenn Beck says, echoing many others. Most US banks are technically near insolvency and hundreds are already fully insolvent. Widely recognised and followed economist Nouriel Roubini says... We're not out of this banking crisis. In fact, it may be just the beginning, a Mossad source elaborates. The crisis has begun to expose massive financial crimes. For example, we are now finding out the Silicon Valley Bank bailout was to help 10 Chinese billionaires who had $13.3 billion in the bank. And this has got a screenshot of Finance Lot. I don't know which platform that is. Um, but it says the SVB bailout was about bailing out the 10 Chinese billionaires who had $13.3 billion in the bank. The cover story is they're saving us, but in actuality, they're buying the wealthy time to get out. This revelation is a serious blow to the KM-controlled Federal Reserve, a CIA source notes. Now, documents reveal the U.S. government sold 9,800 bitcoins on March 14th. This caused Bitcoin to plunge over 9% in minutes. They reportedly planned to sell a further 41,500 bitcoin in four batches over the course of the year. It is a pretty good bet these bitcoins were obtained by manipulating cryptocurrency markets over the years. These antics are causing citizens to revolt against the banks. In the last week of March, large banks lost $129 billion of deposits, the biggest weekly outflow ever. By contrast, small banks actually saw an inflow. The total 5% drawdown in U.S. domestic commercial bank deposits is the largest in history. These comments on the Zero Hedge article reporting the bank run reflect popular sentiment. So that's $130 billion that the banks can't get their hands on via bail-in. Out of banks and into credit unions, gold, crypto, usable goods. P. 
people are also protesting against attempts to impose Mark of the Beast biometric payments by using cash for purchases. Many people are taking things further by resorting to outright theft. Almost every day we see reports about some major corporations, Target, Walmart, Walgreens, etc., leaving a major city due to a rising crime and theft. Portland native Dustin Michael Miller told Fox News, Our city is out of control. It is unrecognisable. I've lived here my whole life and it's just deteriorated over the last five years. He could have spoken about most major US cities and not just Portland. This will only end when the financial system is taken back by the people. As Polish intelligence sources note, money is not everything. The tree of life on a pre-war Polish banknote is a reference to life, rebirth and longevity. The KM is trying to fight back with ever more extreme bursts of fear porn, such as the following that was fed to Polish intelligence. mRNA technology has already been injected into 100 million animals and hardly anyone knows about it. This mRNA technology is funded by the foundation of Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. They've been doing it all over the country for a year and a half. Gavi, Bill Gates, is busy injecting mRNA into vegetables like tomatoes, avocados and lettuce. They want to kill everyone. While the KM is trying to use gene editing technology to kill us or enslave us, it looks like the Chinese are starting to use it to create superhumans. For example, the report below shows the Chinese have figured out how to use genes from virtually indestructible microorganisms known as tardigrades to create super soldiers. Finally, in more signs we really are entering unexplored territory as a species, here are the latest UFO sightings. And as usual, he ends the article with a number of videos showing different UFOs. So that's it for this week. I know there's a lot more going on, but I didn't have time to fit it into my hour-long show. Um, I'm sure there'll be far more next week as well. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and you'll come along next week as well to listen to the latest goings-on in the world. I'd like to thank Nancy for producing and Derek Condit for being the sponsor of Cosmic Reality Radio. Please visit his website at mysticalwares.com where he has a huge range of Shungite products and also other metaphysical goodies as well. So that's it for me. Um, until next time, stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.